Welcome to Ebenezer's Podcast, a podcast about hearing, understanding, and applying the Word of God to our lives. My name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm Ebenezer's Lead Pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Please check out our website at ebenezerbaptist.ca to connect with us and learn more about our ministries. I hope you enjoy the message. Well, hi, and thanks for joining us today. My name is Leighton, and I'm Ebenezer's lead pastor. If you're new and joining us for the first time, welcome. Why don't you just take a moment to go to our website sometime today so you can find out more about our church and our ministries. Now, if you were here in person and this was a normal weekend service, this would be the time of our service we would pause and greet those around us. It's a lot harder to do online, but not impossible. And there are actually many people in our church family who need to hear from someone like you. So can I encourage you just to take a moment uh, either right now by pausing the video or at the end of the service to reach out to a few of our Ebenezer family so that they know that they're not forgotten and they're loved. And I maybe ask the Lord, who needs to be encouraged today? And then just give them a call or text. Can you do that? You know, we all need to find ways to connect with our church family and care for them in this season. If you'd like to connect with us, you can call our church office or you can reach out to us by texting our church number at 306-249-0084. Uh, type the word church and then click the link that you receive and it'll take you to our main directory. Just before I lead us in a time of prayer, there are four announcements I would like to make today. Uh, first of all, you might have seen on the news, but there are some changes to the government protocols regarding faith communities like ours. And so uh, beginning uh, Friday last week, we are now going to have to wear masks every time we enter the church facility for the entire duration. So that means whether you're coming to a morning service, coming out to CNC or youth, everyone has to wear a mask. And don't forget, you have to sign up for all the events you come to so we can uh, have some contact tracing. And to do that, simply go to our website or you can go and just text uh, register to our church number. Operation Christmas Child, the deadline is coming up very quickly on November the 15th. And so make sure you fill out your boxes and bring them here or else you can fill out a box online as well. And then finally, we've, we've been absent from baptisms and child dedications, and so we're going to be starting those again. There's going to be a baptism class coming up on November 22nd, a couple of weeks from now. And then also, if you want to have your child dedicated, just contact the church office, and we'll make sure that happens. So thank you for, for those things. Now, would you just uh, pause with me and bow your heads, and I would like to lead us in a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, again, uh, we come to you. And we just acknowledge that you are the only true God. You are the one who is all-powerful. You're the one who's all-knowing. You're the one who is full of love and grace in everything you do in every way. And, and you are truth. You are, you are the one who we can put our full trust in. You're the one who's in control. And it's good to know that you're in control in these times. So thank you for all that you have done in our lives. And Father, uh, you know, you know the, the needs of those in our church family and those around us. And I pray that, that you would continue to meet us in those needs, that you bring, bring people into our lives who can minister to us deeply, and that we, you might give us visions and, and ideas of how we can minister to other people in this season. God, continue to, to guide our ministries, uh, guide the youth and Pastor Joel as he leads our youth. Uh, be with, with Pastor Chet and Tracy as they guide our university students and be with our university students as they uh, adjust to different um, schedules on campus and off campus and all the exams they have to write. Uh, Father, uh, thank you for our missionaries and those that serve in many countries. And we know that, they, that 
that uh, they need your protection right now, both physically and spiritually. And so thank you for them. And Father, uh, continue to be with our church family, especially those that feel a little bit disconnected in this season. May, may you assure them of your presence and may you bring people like us around them to encourage them. For those that are hurting, for those that are sick, for those that are feeling overwhelmed, for those that are, are struggling with jobs or finances or relationships, God, we ask that, that, your, that your good ways would be present in their lives and that you would uh, provide for them in every way. So guide us today as we uh, worship you, uh, open our minds and our ears so that we could hear your voice and open our hearts so we, we might respond to you. And so we commit ourselves to you in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now let's tune our attention to the sermon. Well, good morning and welcome to our online morning worship service. I'm so glad that you've chosen to join us. My name is Cal. I serve on the staff team here. And this morning, we continue our series, Why Jesus? Now, as a church, we've reworked our mission statement and we've combined together the Great Commission given by Jesus to his disciples and to his followers just before he left the earth and the bold and profound statement Jesus makes about himself in John 14, verse 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Our mission statement then reads this way. Our mission is to point people to Jesus and help them know and follow him. And we point people to Jesus because we believe he is the way. And not just the way to God, but the way to reconciliation, justice, and restoration. The truth, not just the truth about God, but the truth about humankind and this world. And the life, not just eternal life, but a better and fuller life to live. Now for the past three weeks, we have delved into the first component of Jesus' self-claim, that he is the way. Jesus is the way, the only way to God. Jesus is the way, the only way, an example to follow. And Jesus is the way, the only way to restoration, reconciliation, and justice. And let me reemphasize it, uh, what Jesus said, that he is the way, the only way, not a way, not one way of many. Jesus is the only way, and he invites us, you and I, to come into relationship with him and with God, the Father, through him, so that we can all live and experience the joy, the fullness and abundance of life, and the confidence of an eternity with Jesus in the presence of God. Jesus is the way. Now today we continue our series, Why Jesus? with the next component of Jesus' statement, and it is that he is the truth. Jesus is the truth. Now before we get into things, let's play a little game many of you might be familiar with. It's a great little icebreaker game. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. I'm going to give you three statements about me. Two of them are true, one of them is a lie. Now your job is to figure out which statement is a lie. So here are the three statements about me. One, I'm a direct descendant of Confucius. Two, I've been to China on two occasions. Three, in my family I have two older cousins. Which one do you think is the lie? Well, if you chose the last statement, I have two older cousins, then you would be correct. So, was it difficult to discern the truths from the lie? Did anything surprise you? Or, or was it fairly simple? 
Let me ask you this. What was the key to picking out the truths and the lie? I would suggest that the key is this. How well do you know me? You see, the greater the depth of relationship you have with me, the easier it would be to pick out lie from truth. Now keep this in mind as we move into today's message. Now if you remember from a few weeks ago, I said that this statement by Jesus concerning himself might be the most important, the boldest, and perhaps even the most controversial statement ever made in all of history. And here Jesus' claim is that he is the truth. So to begin, we really should be asking ourselves the question, what is truth? Now the dictionary defines truth or true as conformity with fact or reality, a verified or indisputable fact, proposition, or principle. Now for most of us, I would imagine we understand this concept of truth as it relates to things like mathematics or sciences. Even when new discoveries are made, there's always a set of underlying principles or truths or constants that need to be in place for the physical world to exist and even to make sense. However, our understanding, when it comes to the more abstract world, things such as ethics or morality or values, even what we believe about God or even whether we believe in a God, we feel that these issues are more personal or perhaps even cultural. And we can either individually or even in a smaller collective decide for ourselves where the truth lies. Now, we can all likely agree about the truth of, say, gravity and how it affects all people in all places at all times. But it's much, but often, sorry, but it's often much more difficult and maybe even impossible to find truth in those abstract spiritual areas I mentioned, whether it's between races or between cultures, between faith or religious beliefs, or even right in your own home between parents and children. See, the problem is this. Truth has now become relative and subjective, not absolute and objective. And we'll examine this a little bit more as we continue. See, the word that we use when it comes to these abstract issues is relative truth. But when you think about it, that's really an oxymoron, isn't it? Kind of like jumbo shrimp or vegetarian meatballs or airline food. The phrase relative truth, it actually contradicts itself. When it comes to spiritual matters, just as in the physical world, something is either true or it isn't. Just like when Jesus said he was the only way to God, his statement that he, that he is, uh, the, well, sorry, that statement that he made about himself is either true or it's not. There, there's no in-between. There's no, that might be true for you, but it's not really true for me. This morning, we want to examine this statement of Jesus, that he is the truth, by looking at uh, three important aspects about truth uh, today, and specifically focus on this, that Jesus is the truth about God. Why Jesus? Because Jesus is the truth, the only truth about God. Now, to examine this idea that Jesus is the truth about God, I've broken today's message into these three larger sections I just mentioned, which I trust will help us not only better understand that Jesus is the truth about God, but why this is so important, and most importantly, what it means for each and every one of us. Today we'll look at the first, uh, sorry, yeah, today we'll look at the first, the necessity of truth, then the crisis of truth, and then finally we'll see the person of truth, Jesus Christ, and then some closing thoughts to conclude. 
Now, before we get in, even into the idea that Jesus is the truth about God, we really need to ask again ourselves, do we even need to have truth? Is truth necessary? Well, let's begin with the physical world. What would the world look like if there were no physical truths or no physical objective absolutes? What would happen if magnetic north constantly changed or the speed of light varied? How could we figure out or calculate anything if pi changed? If the acceleration of gravity never remained the same? If molecular weights and molecular charges shifted around like the wind? You see, if there were no physical constants, such as the ones I just mentioned, not only would the physical world be immeasurable and impossible to understand, it would literally be impossible for the world to even exist or even any one of us to exist. You see, the same holds tr true for truths about God, truths about morality and ethics and values, what is right and what is wrong. The late Ravi Zacharias was holding one of his apologetic seminars at the University of Pennsylvania, and he was asked this question by a doubting student, someone who was objecting to the idea for the need for an objective absolute truth. The question posed to Ravi Zacharias basically said this, is that why are you so afraid of subjective moral reasoning? See, the heart of the question being asked was, well, why can't everyone decide for themselves what is right and what is wrong? Why can't everyone decide for themselves what they believe about God or what kind of God they want to believe in? Why must there be an objective source of truth and morality? Well, Zacharias' first response to this young man's question was, was somewhat tongue-in-cheek. And then he asked him as he stood up and he looked at him, he said, well, do you lock your doors at night? Implying, of course, that if the questioner wasn't himself afraid of objective morality, he would feel no reason to lock his door or to keep himself safe. Now, to summarize Zacharias's point in, in response to this question, he basically said that without an objective source of morality, without an objective truth, mankind would basically descend into chaos and the world would become unlivable. Each individual person could decide for themselves what is right for them, what is wrong for them, and really justify any action they take any decision that they might make. Now, one only needs to take a look at the news to see what happens when each person or even each society or each culture determine for themselves what is right for them and what is wrong for them. It simply doesn't work. Just this week, I read an article online that literally, that literally made my stomach turn. A court in Montana sentenced a 43-year-old woman to 50 years in prison for selling a young girl seven years ago to a then 70-year-old man for sexual purposes. The girl was five years old at the time. You see, in a world without objective morality, who or what could possibly say that that was wrong? But somehow we all know that that's human evil at its worst. Go back in history and look at the atrocities committed by groups of people to others, governments to their own citizens, and it's all too clear why objective truth must exist. In the book of Judges, the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, were prone to disobeying the truth and the moral law of God, objective truth. They decided for themselves. And the phrase used over uh, several times in Judges is, Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Subjective truth. They established for themselves their own truth and lived according to it. 
and it led to chaos. Why Jesus? Because Jesus is the truth about God, and truth is an absolute necessity. So truth is an absolute necessity. However, today, more than ever, we live in what I would describe as a world in, in crisis, a crisis of truth. You see, it used to be, when I was younger, truth was truth. We accepted it, and we lived accordingly. We might reject it and also live accordingly, but we knew that there were consequences of living outside of truth. Now, over the next couple of seconds here, I'm going to show you some headlines from printed papers from about 30 years ago. You tell me which ones you think are true. Take a look and see. First one or the second one? One on the left or the one on the right, I guess, according to your screen. Which ones are true? Now, I would hope that most of the untruths were easy to identify. See, there was, there's a tabloid newspaper, well, I use newspaper in quotes, that was very popular when I was younger called the National Enquirer. And that's where I got most of these obviously false, untrue headlines. But today, we all know about the uprise of fake news. And even now, mainstream news outlets are, are suspect. Now look at some of the headlines today and tell me if you can spot the fakes. Now take a look at these headlines and tell me which ones are the fake ones. So, how can you tell something you see on the news or online is actually true? Experts recommend a few things, but one key to discerning truth is this. How well do you know the source of that information? Again, how well do you know the person who is sharing that news? Keep that in mind. But see, it's not only in the news headlines where we find this crisis of truth. Information, especially recent information, coming out of places like communist China or North Korea are almost entirely not to be believed. In some cases, they're outright lies. Even in some of the scandals, we have found ourselves right here at home in Western culture and Western society, we have heard phrases like, I want to tell my truth, as though your truth is more believable than someone else's truth. Nowadays, more than ever before, we need fact checkers to go over every politician's claims and every politician's speech, as many have their own agenda, and they twist facts and create their own truth to communicate their intended message. During World War II, Joseph Goebbels, the propaganda manager for the Nazis, is credited with this uh, quote. He said, say a lie enough times and people will start to believe it as true. Sounds like he was almost prophetic as we look at our world today. However, let's go deeper because the crisis of truth isn't just out there. It's also in here meaning it's a challenge and often a struggle we all face in our minds and in our hearts each and every day. Now, it can come from some of the sources I just mentioned, but it's also a spiritual battle as Satan, what's his nickname? Satan, the father of lies, uses each of us human beings as his battleground in his war against Almighty God. This is a tactic and the strategy of Satan, to plant lies in our minds and, to, and cause us to doubt the truthfulness of God. I believe Pastor Leighton mentioned several times last week that Satan is the father of lies, opposite 
to the God of truth. And he uses lies to draw us away from God. John 8, 44 says, He, referring to Satan, was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And we all know how lies ruin trust and intimacy and relationships, whereas truth builds those things up and helps relationships to grow. Well, there was a time in my life when, as a teenager, I fell prey and victim to the many lies of Satan. I lived for myself and pursued temporary things, believing that those things would bring me satisfaction, pleasure, and joy. Now, once again, I'm fortunate that I didn't, I, you know, God spared me from many of the consequences of my own poor choices. But what it led to was conflict in the relationships with my parents, with my siblings, my real friends, and of course, my relationship with God. It was only when I began to see truth, God's absolute truth in Jesus Christ, that my understanding and experience of satisfaction, of even pleasure and joy changed. And all of those relationships that were falling apart began to heal and to grow. The whole idea of an absolute truth found in God and God alone and revealed in Jesus Christ has become, a, uh, has become a relative truth determined and decided either by one, the individual's own belief of what is true, or two, one's personal or even group experiences, which falsely establish a baseline for what one thinks or believes is true. The problem, though, is that truth then becomes relative to the person or people or groups of people. And as we've already discussed, life can't function with relative truth. It only makes sense when there is an objective source of truth. So why Jesus? Because Jesus is the truth about God, and today we live in a time where truth is in crisis. We live in a crisis of truth. Finally, we need to look at Jesus Christ himself, the person of truth. If we can agree that there needs to be an objective source of truth, and call that source God, or whatever other name you want for it, then we need to see that it was Jesus Christ, God's one and only Son, who came to earth and revealed the truth of God to each and every one of us. Jesus Christ is who he says he is. He is the person of truth. Now let's go back to our anchor passage from John 14, verse 6. And actually, let me start at John 14, verse 5. So once again, we read here, So Thomas said to him, Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But if we continue, this is what Jesus says. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? 
The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. If God is the absolute standard of truth and Jesus is the revelation of God, then everything Jesus says, everything Jesus does is absolutely true. What Jesus says about God, his Father, about life, about you, about anything is absolutely true. And you can take that to the bank. Now, if we wanted to look at everything Jesus revealed about God through himself, we, we could go on for years. We could probably go on almost as long as our series in Romans. But for now, let's just think on a few statements about God, a few statements about uh, God that Jesus showed us. And as you listen, maybe one of these truths about God is what you need to hear this morning. God is love, and God loves each and every one of us. God is faithful and always fulfills his promises to us. God is personal, and he longs to have a relationship with you. God is immutable meaning he never changes. God is good, and he is our good, good father. God is just and always acts justly and righteously. God is gracious and merciful, full of compassion and kindness, and always willing to forgive. God is holy and infinitely perfect. Now, which of those truths of God spoke to your heart today? The other thing is that Jesus reveals about the truth of God is that truth simply isn't found in what God says is true. Truth is found in the very nature and the very character of God. You see, God doesn't tell us what is true, like your parents might tell you what your curfew is or what the house rules are, that you shouldn't lie. God's character determines what is true. And so truth is found in the person of God and in the person of Jesus Christ. You see, God not only spoke truth to his people, he not only gave us truth in the written word of God, but he revealed truth and gave us truth in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus not only shows us the truth about God, he actually shows us that truth is God. And that truth is found, lived, and experienced in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We, we cannot come to our own conclusions or our own thoughts about God about life, about what is right and what is wrong. We need to look at the person of Jesus Christ. We need to enter into a relationship with him to see the one true God, the objective source of all that is true. Why Jesus? 
because Jesus, the person, is the physical revelation of the truth of God. Jesus is the truth, the truth about God. He revealed through his words and his life who God was, who he is, who he always will be, and showed us the way to the true God. It showed us that the way to the true God is only through him. And everything Jesus did and said or taught is 100% true. And that's the truth. We live in a world today that desperately needs the truth, the truth of God. And these past several years has only reinforced that need. Kanye West actually once said, telling truth is crazy in a world full of lies. But just as Jesus spoke and lived truth, we need to do so as well. And we will only know truth the deeper and deeper we know the source of truth. Jesus Christ, and God himself. It's all about having a relationship with him. Now, if any of you listening, are, are any of you colorblind? I've had several friends who are, I think they're red-green colorblind. Now, they generally see the world in, and I think they, in muted colors at best. And in some extreme cases, they only see kind of whites and grays, and they often confuse colors. Now, this short video clip coming up shows the reaction of a colorblind person putting on color-correcting glasses. Take a look at this video. Got these for you. Are they glasses? Yeah. You're kidding. The colorblind ones? No. -uh. Yeah. <laughs> They're so expensive. Put them on. You're kidding. Put them on! <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? You guys can see this every day. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know if you guys understand, but I didn't know. <laughs> the grass look green. <laughs> yeah. It's unreal. Stop making me cry. <laughs> but it's it's color like I don't. Nobody understands how. I'll have to relearn my colors with the glasses. <laughs> yeah, what color you actually think? This is violet or purple. This is blue. I'm gonna say this is rose okay. red or pink, Pinky. white and violet on the end. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you like? I can see colors. It's amazing when someone who, for their entire life, could only see a limited range of colors, finally gets a chance to see the truth of how the world really is and the reaction to that truth. You see, my own personal moment of truth came in August of 1986 on a canoe trip with a youth group I was a part of. It was on that canoe trip on the Sunday worship service, when we were sitting out kind of in the water, when the truth of Jesus Christ and the truth of God was finally revealed to me and I saw clearly for the very first time. And I remember vividly my reaction, finally realizing the world as it is, the truth of how much God loved me, 
and the truth of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and simply breaking down into tears of joy because I finally saw truth. Now, if you're watching today and you've never realized the truth of God or the truth of Jesus Christ, I encourage you to contact us. You can email us. You can text the word respond to our church number 306-249-0084. And one of us would love to get in contact with you and help walk you through and journey with you towards truth. Why Jesus? Because Jesus is the truth. And he is the truth about God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your one and only son, Jesus Christ, who came to earth to offer himself as a sacrifice for our sin and to reveal that he is indeed the way, the truth, and the life. And Father, we know that Satan is the father of lies, that he pulls, longs to pull us away from you by deceiving us from what is actually true. Father, no matter where we are at in our spiritual journey, I pray that our heart's desire simply would be to pursue truth, and that as we do so, we trust that you'll reveal yourself to us, you, the one and only source of truth, and that as we grow in our relationship with you through Jesus Christ, Father, we will see the world the way you want it to be, the way you long for it to be. Father, we will come into the light that is truth. Father, we pray that you'll hear our prayers and answer in kind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, there are several questions that you can use to begin a discussion about truth in your family or in your home hub, uh, and they'll also be discussing them on our Sunday morning worship service. They are here on the PowerPoint slides, but you can also text the word sermon to, again, our church number, 306-249-0084, and you can get a copy of those questions. Take some time today, this week, to share and discuss this all-important issue of truth. Don't be afraid to ask questions as we discover truth together. Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you and thanks for listening.